the transfer experience podcast this is episode seven of our podcast and this week we'll be talking about housing and financial aid what that looks like what are your options and what did we all do when we attended our university of choice i'm brielle i'm max my name is tanya i also go by paul and this week we also have a special guest grecia grecia worked with us at the transfer student center while we worked at cal and i'm gonna let her introduce herself Hi, everybody. My name is Grecia. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am currently still at uh, the University of California, Berkeley. I'm studying political science, and I am minoring in Chicanx studies. We have her for this episode because, you know, for this topic of housing, each one of us picked a different option. You know, one of us did on-campus dorm, another one of us did off-campus. And so each one of us has something unique to bring to this conversation. And yeah, so that's why we have her for this episode. So thank you so much for coming. Before we get into, you know, the fun question of the day, I just had a little few things that I wanted to go over with our listeners. So one, we're trying to hit 50, uh, 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts. So currently we're at 15 right now. And, you know, so it'd be great if, you know, if you could help us hit that goal of reaching 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts. 55 star ratings. Not just any ratings. Yeah, five, yeah, star five stars, please. Five stars. Um, and second, we're going to try something new out. Um, if you're listening to us on your phone, uh, especially, I guess, on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, please take a screenshot and post on your Instagram story. And if you tag us, we'll give you a personal shout out uh, next episode and the following episodes. We're going to try and see how this goes. So, yeah, uh, it'd be great if you could do that as well. We can't wait to um, see your stories. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's it for this episode. Um, shout out to some of our listeners in different countries. You know, I don't know what the situation there is. Maybe, you know, they might be community college students who had to move back home during this COVID year. But yeah, we have listeners from 12 different countries. That's crazy. So thank you again. And yeah, I, I think that was everything. So So to get right into today's episode, I'm asking all of y'all if you could eliminate one piece of your everyday routine, whether it's morning routine, night routine, what would you eliminate and why? You know, something I just thought of would be really cool too is for listeners listening to this, lol, people that are listening to this, answer this question with us too. When we do our normal Instagram post on Monday, let us know in the comments what you think because we we had kind of like two approaches with this question. When Brielle first asked me, I meant, or I, I interpreted it as we can remove it from our daily routine, but we still get the benefits of doing it. Um, and then the other one is just like, you just don't have to do it anymore, but you're not going to reap the benefits anymore. So if listeners want to go ahead and answer that in our Instagram posts, actually in the comments, that'd be really cool to see how people interpret it and what they come up with. Yeah. Does anyone have one they could start with? I, I have one, but mine's like... I don't know if it answers the question directly. Um, mine is, so I, I've been trying to use my phone less, but I still, it's still sort of my morning routine to like pick that up and go over the news and social media stuff every time I wake up almost. So that'd be one routine I'd want to eliminate. You know, I don't know if you, if, uh, you guys watched The Social Dilemma, but like that stuff scared me. 
trying to use my phone less. And yeah, so that would be one routine I'd eliminate. Um, and hopefully it could actually, but yeah, that'd be mine. I can go when... thinking about, oh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was thinking about, I'd want to reap the benefits of having it, but washing dishes. I like. Yeah, um, that's a good one. <laughs> as, and like my, like even just with my family, most of the time I'm like rushing in between like classes and work. And then I'm like making dinner, which I enjoy cooking, but I freaking hate washing dishes. And then sometimes I look at it and I'm like, how in the fuck do we dirty so many dishes? Like there's three of us. How does this happen? Um, so I would in. I would love to not have to wash dishes, but have clean dishes, right? Like, I still want to be able to use my favorite yeah, pie. Yeah. I don't want to run out of, you know, forks and spoons. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That'd be That's really a really good one I didn't think about. It's really good. How about you, Brielle? Um, I hadn't thought about this answer until I heard Grecia's, but mine would be dusting. I hate dusting, especially when you have a lot of, like, knickknacks and cute things around the house that just pick up dust. I have no problem vacuuming. I actually find it very enjoyable. But I hate walking around the house with a Swiffer duster and just, like, picking dust off of things and picking them up and wiping a surface and then putting it back down and wiping the crevices. I hate it. If everything was dust-free, I'd be so much happier in my home. So I would love to reap the benefits of having a dust-free home without having to dust. Yeah, that's a reminder that I need to dust more. I don't do that often <laughs> enough in my room. Yeah, I need to do that more. That's a good reminder. Thank you. I enjoyed that. I wish sometimes. we wouldn't have to. Hmm. Oh, okay. Laundry. I don't like doing laundry because, like, ain't nobody want. Nobody's like, oh man, I get to fold these clothes now. I'm so excited. You know, like, I just. Yeah, I really don't like doing laundry. So if it could just automatically get folded or something like there was a drying machine that dried it and in its tumble cycle folded it. If someone could figure out that formula, that would be great. But I think, yeah, that would definitely be mine. But I would I I still need clothes. So it would have to, you know, whoever gets on that machine first, slide me 10% of the revenue for the first three years, please. You know what I just So you don't hate the whole process. You just hate the folding and putting it Yeah, it's just the folding because it's like, you know, (laughs) like throwing it into the wash is cool. You get to, you know, add soap. You can get new soap smells and stuff. But (laughs) the folding, oh, my God. And then it could get wrinkled if you don't do it. Oh, my God. I noticed that we, majority of us, except for Chan Young, all picked chores. We hadn't even thought about, like, the great benefit of if we didn't have to work. Imagine if we oh, didn't we have to like, work, but we got the yeah, money. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Like, that's I don't know. I'd go, I'd go crazy. I, like, I've been working since I was 15, and my first year at UC Berkeley, I didn't work, and I was fucking losing my shit. Mm. Me, as a parent, Maybe. your work gives you like a different, a different life outside of your home life. And I think mm. everyone now, especially with COVID, can appreciate like what they would miss, what they miss about like actually being on campus or actually going to work. Right now, you're just stuck at home all the time. At least for me, I wouldn't want to not work. That's, That's a good point. I think That's if I didn't have to work but could still reap the benefits of working, um, and to be able to afford my lifestyle without working, I would spend that time doing volunteer or meaningful work without having to seek financial gain. You know, like if I didn't have yeah. to work nine to five in order to be able to live, I would still choose to work, but for funsies. Yeah. Also to add on, adding on to Max, what he said, 
Isn't that process kind of therapeutic though? Like folding warm clothes? That's just like, no? Okay, that just I mean, I feel like any of the things... <laughs> Real like, game's such a strong... Uh, no, 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 that's true. Like, everybody can find part Shake of their daily like routine, this. like, therapeutic, right? Like, I know some people yeah. that really love doing their dishes. Like, the idea of being oh, able to, like, scrub something... Send them to like, my clean. house, please. <laughs> For real. Or, like, yeah, same with, like... I-, I was going to say, like, I would get rid of, like, cleaning in general. Like, just cleaning a house. But two of my close friends, like, they love cleaning, like... They didn't live at my apartment, but would come over a lot and they would beg to clean our apartment, which wasn't even dirty, but they wanted to just clean every surface and like dust everything. And it was just therapeutic. Like they would make a night out of it, like blasting music, like mopping and like, yeah, that's it depends on the person. <laughs> I worked at a I worked at a T-shirt company for a very, very long time and I got really efficient at folding T-shirts. So when I'm done with laundry, I'll be like, she ain't got shit on this. And I'm like, folding <laughs> fast. it's putting the clothes away that I don't like. So mm-hmm. I think it depends for everybody. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, should we hop into the key questions of today's episode? Yeah, let's let's do that. So, yeah, this episode, it's on housing and also financial aid. Um, yeah, you know, housing housing is an important issue even before you transfer when you when you get your acceptance letters then you have to think about that that's something important that you have to think about because you know where you live that's that's huge right so we came up with several questions that we think are you know hopefully relevant to what our listeners might also go through you know when they're going through a similar process and yeah so does anyone want to start us off with the first question i mean it's really quick um each of us are just going to briefly say what our housing situation was like when we were all at Berkeley. So I lived in an off-campus apartment about a mile from the school for the two years I was in Berkeley. And I lived with um a friend I had from high school and his roommate from freshman and sophomore year at Berkeley. Did you live in the same yeah. apartment the whole time? Yeah. So I lived in the same apartment. We shared, uh, the three of us, three guys, we shared a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Who got the bedroom? They all did. All three of us. <laughs> so I had a full-size bed and they shared a bunk bed. And then we had one bathroom, one very small kitchen. And yeah, we spent most of our time in our living room, which was really nice. I really fucked with our living room. There was really nice lighting. But um, yeah, everything else is pretty small. It was like a pretty oh, like wait. older building too. Gotcha. This was where we went over, right? Uh, yeah. Brielle and I, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, for me, I lived in a dorm my entire two years at Berkeley on-campus dorm it was literally five less than five minutes from the campus actually it was that close yeah, that shit um, was on 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 campus especially your second yeah. year <laughs> dude pulse oh Black, blackwell oh my god yeah yeah that was me i commuted my parents live 30 ish 40 ish minutes away from the uc berkeley campus and that's where i grew up um i wasn't in any rush to move out of my parents home especially if i was going to be living 20 miles away and paying two thousand dollars a month to live there that's an absolute no for me dog so i lived at home (laughs) i drove to school every single day uh for me i lived and i still live in the university uh village which is considered quote-unquote like on campus, but we are about 15 minutes away driving wise to campus. Uh, and I just want to add on that I did move over here with my son who's 12 years old and my partner. Is 
everybody in the village is it all um like student families or can like anybody any student live there so there's a priority of who can live here it has you a uh, lowest priority is like uh, couples and you can be domestic mm-hmm. partnership you don't even need a domestic partnership certificate. You can just prove that you have lived together for, uh, you know, and you have like a pretty serious relationship, but those are like minimum priorities. So we do have couples here that have no kids. Um, highest priority is like single parent with a kid. Then after that would be like my situation, which is um, have a partner with a kid. Okay. And then so we we mentioned, or uh, Chen Young mentioned, like this is about housing and financial aid. We're, we're not really going to be going in depth about financial aid. We're more so going to be talking about how financial aid impacted our living situation decision, um, which can lead to our next question of like, how did we end up where we were living? And I, I can answer that first. Um, so I had like a rough estimate of what my financial aid package was going to be. I think we got like what happened? Like we get accepted and then they give us like a few weeks and then they tell us like, oh, this is roughly what your financial aid is going to be. I think that was like the process. And so I figured out like, oh, like, okay. Oh, this is what I wanted to break down to. They were like, we're going to give you this amount of money. And I'm just going to simplify it. They're going to like, they said, we'll give you $20,000 in your first um, like semester or year. And so you need to figure out how much your school itself costs, how much tuition is, how much all the other fees and crap are. Everything after that, if it's a grant, is your money. Of course, as we always say, we are not actual counselors. We are not actual financial aid commission people. Like This is our experiences. So don't go up to financial aid and say, Max told me this. Why is this not happening, please? (laughs) But yeah, so you get the money and basically like tuition gets taken out of that grant and then everything else is yours and you can decide what to do with it. So in my situation, I, I saw that I had basically enough to be able to afford an apartment that would range from 800 or ideally it would range from 600 to like a thousand at like the most most of what I wanted to pay and like what I could Mm. afford and because of that it put me towards living in an off-campus apartment which is typically I think like the cheapest option other than commuting Um, but commuting really wasn't an option for me because I live like an hour away and I would be paying bridge toll on top of having to pay for like parking So like at that point, it just sounded like more of a headache. So yeah, I lived off campus primarily because of finances. And um, I also wanted to make sure like when I'm in Berkeley, like I want to join clubs. I want to be able to like hang out late in Berkeley and not be stressed about, well, I need to make it home before midnight. I don't want to be driving out when it's too late and stuff like that. Yeah. On that note, because I briefly explained my commuting situation and it's basically everything that Max said. It is a headache. Um. I, where I live in the East Bay is relatively close to Berkeley, if you think about it on a large scale. But when you consider that the Bay Area is filled with traffic at all hours of the day, it's pretty much impossible to get around the Bay in less than half an hour, even though technically you should be able to. Um, So Berkeley, I think with no traffic is about 30 minutes away from my house. But some days if I had a class at 9am, which always seemed to be the case for me, um, or I'd work in the morning or anything like that. I would have to leave my house at like 7.45 in order to get there in time to also grab a parking spot, walk from whatever parking spot I did have, and get on campus to whatever I needed to do. So that was absolutely a headache, and it did end up costing a lot in gas and parking permits and the speeding tickets that come with being a commuter student Mm -hmm. and all the other things that go into that. But 
it is less expensive than paying anywhere from 800 to $2,000 a month on rent, which really didn't make sense for me. There wasn't enough room in my financial aid package for that, that whatever option I chose for housing, I would still have to pay something out of pocket. So it just made the most sense to stay home. Right. And oh, before I speak any further, um, listeners, I'm moving very soon. So please excuse any background noise you might hear while I'm talking. But yeah, we're in the middle of packing right now, actually. But Anyway, so, you know, listening to Brielle and Max, it sounds like location and money were two big factors that sort of drove you guys to make that decision of whether to commute or to get an apartment, right? Yeah, so for me, in terms of my option, I'm in LA, Berkeley's like eight hours away, I couldn't commute, that was not my option, I, I had <laughs> to find housing near, um, and you know, given that I had no community there, I didn't know anyone there, I have I don't I think I've only been to NorCal like once or twice in my life before Berkeley. So I stuck with the convenience option and sort of chose um on campus housing, like on campus dorms because I I thought for me at least that would be the best way to get situated. So that's how I ended up choosing um I think I lived in this, you know, place called Unit 3 my first year. And yeah, so it was it was a matter of mostly convenience and sort of familiarity, I guess, and also like safety. I just didn't know Berkeley, so I figured, you know, going with the Berkeley option would be safe. On that note, I just want to bring up, there was one student that I worked with while working at Berkeley who said that he lived in LA and he would commute each week. So he lived in Berkeley during Monday through Thursday or Monday, something like that. And then he'd go drive back or take a train back to SoCal for the weekend. And he did it every single week that he was at Berkeley. I don't know how he managed that. I also actually, I met another student who did that while interviewing for positions at the Transit Student Center, but it's, it, it happens. (laughs) And I had no idea that is so inconvenient. Good on them though. That's a very regimented, disciplined daily routine. Good for you. If you can handle that. I can't. That's yeah. That's 16 hours out of the week. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Um, I chose uh, our living option because, well, at least for me, the um, Berkeley's always been my dream school. So I think I always said, like, if I get into Berkeley, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to, like, make it and, like, uh, make it easier for me to go there. And as a student parent, I can't imagine. I'm from San Jose, which is about an hour away without traffic. And as a student parent, like, none of that made sense, like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be commuting to San Jose. My son's in school. My first thought is like, well, what if something happens while well, I'm on campus and he's in San Jose? So proximity to my family was super important to me. Uh, and I also though had the privilege of not having to, I got a lot of scholarship money and I had the privilege of not having to think about my tuition as much as other people have to think about it. So my main concern was how am I going to pay for housing? And however that is, um, that was going to be my biggest burden. But we made the decision that regardless of how that was, um, and we were moving, we were transitioning from a two-income household to a one-income household. And anyone lives in the Bay Area knows that that in itself is, is difficult. Um, so, But we made that decision, just family reasons. So then my partner had to commute, but then that meant that my son could go to school in the Berkeley area and I can be on campus, which made everything so much easier. Yeah, that's something we should talk about too. When like when we're talking about like assessing our financial like situation, how it impacted our housing situation. If I chose to go to school in Davis, 
my friends were living in Davis at fairly nice apartments for like literally like half the price of what I was paying. And so like I had friends that were like, what do you mean? So like, I I'll be straight with people. I'll, I'll be very transparent and you guys don't have to be because like it's talking about finances. So I had to take out basically in my two years living in Berkeley. Um, I, I am, I have about 12 or $13,000 in, um, loans, student loans to pay off. And that loan money was taken out directly so I can afford housing. Um, my tuition based on my financial aid was fully covered, but if I had chosen to live in Davis, I think I would have not had to take out any student loans. Like that's just how much of a price difference it is for living in the Bay. And, you know, say with like, if you're coming from out of state, obviously that's going to impact your decision. But when mm -hmm. we're talking about like, how does financial impact housing? You know, there's financial aid. There's also where you're going to live. If I I wanted to live at the dorms, I would have been significantly more in debt with my student loans. Yeah. And just so everyone who's listening who isn't interested in attending, attending a UC or specifically Berkeley, that is generally the case for very large schools in popular urban areas. So like in Boston, it's going to be similar rent. In New York City, it's going to be very similar Um most, at least to my knowledge, most of the major, major college towns have just about the same when it comes to housing costs. Berkeley is especially expensive because it is in the Bay Area. It's like not that far from San Francisco. Everyone who works in Palo Alto or Silicon Valley or San Francisco has to also live around the Berkeley and Bay Area overall. So Understandably, it's extremely expensive to live here, but if you are not interested in attending Berkeley, also consider where your school is located, where you're moving from, and mm. what the housing situation looks like so that when you make your financial aid and housing decisions, it works best for your student profile under the general knowledge that wherever you go, if it's in a big college town or a big urban area, it's probably going to be more expensive than your general living situation closer to home. Yeah, yeah. Then, so let's dive into that a little bit more in detail. So, you know, each one of us had a different option. I on campus dorm, Max off campus, Brielle commuting, Gracia uh, village apartment. Is that how you say it? University village? University village, yeah. UV. Yeah, University village. There we go. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So, you know, pros and cons. What did you like about it? What did you dislike about it? I could go really quick. Uh, so it's University Village. We also call it UVA, University Village, Albany. We're technically in Albany, which is like right next to Berkeley, across the street here in Berkeley. Um, I disliked, I'll start with the dislikes. Uh, it was hard for me to figure out financially what that meant. So I got my, my package, my initial package. But what I didn't know is that there was this whole parent grant that actually pays for, if you qualify for it, it pays for some of your rent. And I didn't know that going in. So I made the calculations and I applied for apartments that were within my range thinking I'm gonna pay for the entire rent. And then when I got here and they were like, no, they're gonna pay this much of your rent. I'm like, you tell me now that I signed my, you know, there's a very specific waiting list process. And if you reject your first option that they give you, you're put at the bottom of the wait list. And so I essentially had to go with my first move-in option. So that part of it sucked. Um, however, the, the, the pros here is that the community is super strong in terms of parent community. There's a lot of things that the parents advocate for that you don't see on campus. When COVID happened, 
the community here responded much quicker than the university did in terms of resources. I can tell you all that our food pantry is way better than what you have on campus. Um, they extended the amount of times they were doing the food pantry for those impacted uh, by COVID. There's just so many resources here. And um, so much so that you can yeah. even sometimes feel like I'll be driving by and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? I didn't hear because there's different pages advertising different things. But I think that's definitely one of the big pros here, especially for younger kids. So my son's 12, but I do think a lot of the programs that they have here are geared towards younger children, which is a huge benefit if you're a student. Um, there's a lot, there's a daycare uh, that's right here. And then they help you with that. There was a bus that used to take the elementary kids to campus. So those are a lot of the pro pros that comes with living at a university village. Gotcha. Yeah, that seems well tailored. I think you like lightly touched on it too, Gracia, but didn't you have like, you would also, because you were living there, you had to consider how am I going to get, I mean, pre-COVID, like, how am I going to get onto campus? Am I taking my car or am I going to take the bus? So like your schedule would kind of have to conform to like a bus schedule, right? No, I uh, drove actually. Okay. Okay. For some reason, yeah, I as the bus, a, there, I the I bus actually, that's something though to mention though. Uh, the bus actually runs right through the university village, which is super convenient because if you want to take the bus, you legit just have to walk outside onto one of the main streets in the university village. You don't have to walk far. Um, no, I'm way too much of a, I'm a warrior. And so my thought initially is if I take the bus, how am I going to get to my son if something happens? Again, I have mm. the privilege of being able to have my car over here and being able to pay for that. But that was an expense I wanted to take on just in case anything happened because I was about 15 minutes away from my son from the university. So for my pros and cons, a pro would definitely be price. And I'll be transparent again. I shared a triple and this is going to sound dumb when I say a pro is price. I shared a triple and I paid about 800 to $850 a month, which is like my friends in Davis had a double paying 500 in a much nicer apartment too. So that uh -huh. kind of sucked, but it was 800 compared to like what the dorms and stuff were, which would kind of like range, like starting at like a thousand dollars a month. Um, so pros price, um, distance to school was good. It was only a mile. The cons would be where I lived relative to campus is opposite of like where student life is, which could also be a pro, which I realize I'm being very <laughs> weird about these answers. Um, but like con in the sense of like, I couldn't hang out with my friends super late at night and like get home, like feeling safe. Um, cause Berkeley isn't like the safest area. Um, but the pro is I didn't have to deal with people partying really late at night and like being annoying. Um, I lived on the North side of campus and which was just really quiet. And typically like a lot of like families live on North side where a majority of the students lived like South side of campus. And yeah, another pro was just like, I lived with my two, like who ended up being like two of my really close friends. So that was really cool. And I didn't really have to deal with other people in general. For me. And I'm going to start off by saying that I come from an incredible place of privilege to have parents that are willing to afford and to contribute so much to my college experience. I know a lot of people can't do that. And a lot of people um, get cut off from their parents when they get to college or any circumstances that would make it um, so that you are unable to be supported by your parents are totally understandable. And we hope that you're able to navigate that. But in my particular case, my parents... Um, were very, very supportive in this whole process. So 
because I was able to live at home rent-free, it just made the most sense. Because even when I was listening to Gracie and Max talk about the expenses of living outside of a family home or, like, your parents' house or something, you also have to consider not just rent, but you buy your own groceries. You got to pay for laundry if you don't have a laundry machine on site in the apartment. You have to pay for pretty much every single living expense that you don't even realize you accumulate when you're living at home with your parents. So all these things that I wouldn't even know really would cost me so much if I had just moved 30 minutes away from my parents' house. I would have been spending way more than just rent. So in my particular case, it made the most sense to stay. And that comes with the incredible privilege of my parents being like, you don't have to pay for food. You don't have to pay for rent. Um, pay your gas. Buy your parking pass sometimes. Sometimes they pay for it. Sometimes I paid for it, which, again, incredible privilege. But it just made the most sense that while I was in undergrad somewhere so close to home, it was absolutely affordable for me and that my parents didn't want me to take out any student loans and that they were willing to make that work for me, assuming I lived at home. If I had moved out, I would have been on my own. So that was kind of the 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 binary that I was working with is either I move out, I go to campus and I live there and I pay for everything on my own, take out loans, out of pocket, whatever I got to do, or I stay at home and I don't have to pay for any of that. So when looking at it like that, because I have a very comfortable living situation at home and I have a good relationship with my parents, it didn't seem like a necessity to move out. Whereas for some other people who have toxic living situations or they don't get along with their parents or their parents are making them pay rent in their own home, it would make more sense to move out. So Just considering all of that, I was really lucky and really privileged to have the position that I did with my family that it just would have been stupid expensive to move out and stupid for every other reason too. (laughs) Yeah, for me, pros and cons. I think think pro was the convenience. It was safe, not guaranteed, but you know, it was campus building. There weren't any sort of apartment hunting process that I would have to go through for that. So convenience was a very big pro for me. I guess the con is, you know, the con of taking on-campus dorm option might be it kind of limits your freedom almost. Um, There's certain rules in in place that you have to abide by that you might not have had to keep when you were at home alone or, you know, with your parents or whatnot. There are really loud people. There are some weird people. Um... Some stuff always goes down in the dorms. There's always something. Um, I could talk more about that later in the episode. But yeah, so, you know, could convenience. Could you alcohol in the thing. dorm? Can, can we? It Was that a question? Yeah, can you? Yeah, like, if you're you above 21, to? you can. Yeah, when you're above 21, really? you can. There was a rule. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Right? But you weren't allowed to share that with people who were not 21. Yeah, I mean, but that's I mean, just of course, law. no one kept that. But yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I think that's <laughs> That's just normal. Yeah, no one... <laughs> But yeah, no one kept that rule, but yeah, so convenience is a pro, but con was all that restrictions and like stuff you have to go by, abide by and like the community too. It could be a downside. I'm surprised you listed community as a con as opposed to a pro because I felt like, you know, something I felt like I was missing was like part of me was like, man, I wish I lived at an on-campus apartment similar to like what you or one of our other friends had done because like you just get to meet people, right? Like you walk outside your room and there's more people to talk to. As opposed to like mine, I'm like, oh, if I walk outside of my thing, like there's a family that doesn't know who I am or like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, okay. So, you know, community, 
in terms of the community you make a dorm, it's people who just happen to live nearby you as opposed to community you can make based on shared mutual interests or, you know, hobbies or goals. So I think that's probably why um, the people that, you know, lived in close proximity. I liked I liked most of them, but, you know, some of them I just got along because we lived together and that was basically it. So I think I was able to develop more close, like I was able to develop closer relationships with people outside of on-campus dorm for that reason. At the transfer center. That's what <laughs> <like> amazing to me. <laughs> exactly. Plug. Exactly. I realize now I forgot to say the cons of living at home. Um, obviously, some of the things that I did mention of reasons why you shouldn't live at home would also be considered cons that if you are living at home and you have a toxic living environment and all that kind of stuff, that would be a major downside. But in my particular case, the con was spending two to three hours a day in traffic. Um, if it was an hour and a half commute that week, I just got stuck. Some days there were such bad accidents on the freeway that I'd be stuck behind them for a couple of hours. Um, that was definitely a con. Also, that I just lived in a very busy house. Um, I had my two siblings still living at home and my parents. So there was really no such thing as alone time when you're living with your family. It's the same living situation that you had in high school when you're growing up that it's just the same boundaries, same standards for living are pretty much applicable when I was in college too. So that was always frustrating and trying to find the right space, especially when COVID happened to take an online meeting or do anything like that. Otherwise, when I was on, like when we were doing everything on site, it was easy for me to just like get in the car and go. Although it did come at the cost of constantly spending time in the car and doing all that. Um, otherwise another con, it was just, honestly, it was exhausting. That was, um, what was hard for me was that I wanted to spend so much time on campus that I didn't get home until like 9 or 10 PM most nights. And even then, if there was an event happening on campus or I wanted to hang out with my right. friends who every single one of my friends, at least throughout college lived in Berkeley, except for one. Cause I had my, st- my childhood best friend that still lived, um, in my city, but all my friends were in Berkeley. And as everyone on this call knows, I loved to hang out with them. We always did stuff at night or after work or anything like that. And that meant I couldn't drink. That meant I couldn't spend the night all the time or I couldn't go out with everyone because I still had my car with me that had a limited parking spot and I had to get home and all that kind of stuff. So I did miss out on the community piece uh, living at home. But just like Gracia said, uh, just same with Paul, I was able to establish a bit of that uh, with whatever I was able to do on campus, like at the transfer center and um, spending time with friends. But it definitely did limit my ability to spend as much time with my friends and with my community as I wanted to. Well, last time yeah, we hung I, out, we were at the restaurant and you couldn't drink with us. I remember I that. Drive, I had to drive Max's ass home. Same with our other friend. And then I drive <laughs> my ass home. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Well, now we can just drink virtually. It's okay. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about like how we ended up in our housing stuff, so obviously financial aid has something to do with it, but also like how we found out about what the potential housing situations were. Um, so I know um, Chen Young lived in his first year, lived in a transfer only floor. Um, or like in Gracie's situation where it's like primarily like couples or families and then I lived in an apartment. So like how did you guys hear about that type of living situation? I was honestly looking for family housing units when I was looking for universities to attend. That was my initial thought uh, to move my family out wherever it was that I went. 
And so that was something that I was just actively seeking. And that's when I noticed that like a lot of state schools, they don't offer any really um, housing for families versus the UCs do, which I appreciate. Like um, almost like Brielle is almost going to go to UC Santa Cruz because they have a really cool like family housing unit over there that I hear nothing but great things about. So I was already on the hunt for that. What I didn't know is because it was so far away. Initially, when I did my application, I think I put like off housing, um, off housing, like living or whatever. And then they give you less money, essentially. Um, And then after I changed that. But that's how I learned about it. I was just actively seeking it. Yeah, me too. I was actively seeking options that would include transfers. And I think at least for UCs, at least for Berkeley, you listed in priorities, which one you'd like to get in the most and whatnot. So I listed the ones that had transfer options on top of my priority list and, you know, the ones that didn't on the bottom. Um, and also, you know, before I talk more, the community thing that I talked about beforehand, that's also, you know, that doesn't have to be a con. That could be a pro. It's just that in my case, it was just my coming to realize that, oh, you know, there are people that I like within that dorm community, but there are also people that were different that I wasn't used to in terms of personality types, maybe, or, you know, in terms of how they got along with other people cleaning up after themselves. So those things. So that's why I said it's a uh, con, but it could also be a pro. It just, I think it depends. It was just my first time realizing like there were people who lived very different lifestyles than I did. Yeah. I also had positive experiences. It was just one thing that I wanted to mention, but in terms of finding out again, yeah, I was actively searching and I think I also looked up on YouTube. <laughs> what housing options people chose and some mentioned that there were transfer options that were specifically available so that's what that's the ones that i read more about online and applied for and then for myself um i had friends that were already attending cal as freshmen or like when they were freshmen they were already there and i was a freshman at my junior college um so when i was started getting interested in transferring and everything i asked them like oh would you be cool like finding a place with me if i got in um, so like that panned out pretty well and they were already in an off-campus apartment and they described the whole like, you know, it could be more expensive at a dorm. So it kind of fit like, oh, financially, I don't want to do a dorm. So I was lucky in that and we literally found our apartment via Craigslist, um, which I know is like fairly common, at least in Berkeley. And I, when they were like, oh yeah, you just, we just use Craigslist to find apartments. I'm like that sounds super sketch. Like, why would I ever do that? So I know like in Berkeley, it's like somewhat normal I don't know about all areas. Also, I know from listening to other transfer students on campus talk, um, they say things like, oh, I went on Facebook and um, there's like a Berkeley, Berkeley housing group where people are always looking for like, oh, I need a roommate. Um, that's really normal. Just, you know, if if you are looking for resources and stuff like Jen Young had mentioned or like how Gracia did it, they just looked for the information. Um, I'm sure if I had thought about like, oh, you know, when I was transferring, I didn't even think about like, do I want to live with other transfer students? And I wish, you know, a part of me wishes like I had thought about that and like that I did find like a transfer only floor. So just, you know, the information's out there. And if it isn't, I didn't tell you that then. But um, yeah, just, you know, look out for that information. Check your Facebook groups if there are any in your area. And be wary of Craigslist. <laughs> oh, one quick thing I want to add. The transfer only housing um, on our floor. All the guys are transfers. All the girls are freshmen. It's kind of weird. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. I don't know how I feel there about that. Weird what? Creepy, that's some yeah. bear pack shit. That, oh that's goodness. not allowed. That's weird. I don't like that. I know. I don't like that. <laughs> well, on that note, the next thing that we're going to discuss is the worst stuff that happened to us, the worst things that happened to us in our housing situations. Did you see any weird situations go down? Did anything weird happen to you? 
Did someone throw a party and it get messy next door? Something like that. Um, at least for me, because mine's not housing related, it would just be like my family did something weird and that would be more of a family story rather than a housing story. I can say one of the things that happened to me or like my worst experiences while being a commuter student was that my car would break down frequently. So one time my battery died in my own garage right before I had an interview on campus. So couldn't couldn't even jumpstart my car and needed a full battery recharge in order to run. And it turns out that wasn't even going to do it. I had to get a new battery. So I had to like grab my brother and be like, drive me to work right now. I need you to drop me off because he doesn't have my parking pass either. So I couldn't legally park um, in my parking spot on campus with his car. So I had him drop me off Mm -hmm. and then take me home after my interview. And another time on my way home, or I was trying to take my ride home um, from campus one day. And it was the last Friday before spring break. So there was pretty much nobody on campus. It was an absolute ghost town in Berkeley. And my car battery died in the parking garage on campus. And all my friends that I knew who had cars on campus, they had all left. Anyone I thought that might have jumper cables, they either didn't have any or they had all left. So I had no what no choice but to call my boss and be like, I need you to come jumpstart my car because if my dad drives over here, it'll take him two hours in traffic. So... I'm either stranded or someone's got to come jumpstart my car. And so that was fun. Um, Not necessarily a housing issue, but that was a commuter student issue. If you're going to be taking your own car, expect to have to do some maintenance on it because you're putting on miles. You're doing a lot of damage to your car. Um, Constantly worrying about it. Constantly fixing things up. Um, And for me, that looked like batteries and replacing them and them dying and charging them and just a constant issue with my car battery um I have like so many stories I don't even know like there's one of the cons here that I just thought about when you guys are talking about stories is that there's a lot of theft that happens in University Village yeah so like Amazon packages car break-ins like uh you name it So that has happened. I have some stories about that. We recently had to install actually a camera at the front door just to like make sure that we keep an eye on like our stuff. We don't leave anything out there, but for the odd chance that we have Amazon packages. Um, I think one of the worst things though that I've experienced over here is, I know it's a podcast, so y'all can't see or you, um, I don't know, maybe you could tell by how I talk, but we don't come from this area and we stick out. Me and my man, like, we don't look like what you would think the narrative of a Berkeley student looks like. And so we've had it where, and because there's break-ins, you know, my man will be outside and he's super nice, uh, which bugs me sometimes when they're mean to him, but they'll look at him like, what are you doing here? And it, it irritates me. Um... Because we're supposed to be like students living with a community. And like Paul mentioned earlier, I understood completely what you said when you were like, community can be a con because community isn't just the people that you connect with. Community is the people that are around you. And those people that are around you are not always welcoming. And so one of the biggest things that I hated moving in here is getting those stares. um, Like, what are you doing here type of thing? I'm less forgiving if people look at me like that. My man is very nice. Um, in that sense. And I think those are the things that here were hard. Um, one time we had like a little barbecue and like, I guess we annoyed our neighbor. So she was taking pictures. And to me, that was really annoying. Cause I was like, if you have a problem, why don't you come and talk to us? Right? Like just come and talk to us. Um, so in that sense, community is like, it didn't feel like a, like a tight knit community as it should be. 
right? Um, and so I think that definitely a culture shock in that a lot of the stories that I have here about my interactions with some people were that. And maybe the people that weren't from the area were from Southern California, which is a very different culture than Northern California, um, especially for Latinos. And so navigating that and stories that I have around that, that was the hard part of living in. That was the cons of like some of the community members that I had to be here with. And I'm still here with right now. A short question. Didn't someone steal the master key to all of y'all's apartments or something? Oh my God. Yes. So we've always had like, yeah, we've always had like really bad theft. We've been over it. We've been like trying to talk to the university village and, um, before, what was it? Before like some of the major fires started happening, I was already ready to go on a camping trip. And then they sent us an email saying that somehow the master keys to all of the apartments were stolen. And that's, fucking scary right because i'm thinking like i'm leaving out of town for the weekend to go camping i can buy a door stopper but you can't put on a door stopper if you're leaving and no one's in the house um and so as a student parent like you think of like those are your things that you and when you live on your own you accumulate all these things over time that's expensive just think about somebody breaking into your house and taking all your stuff and so I was lucky enough that I called, I had family that lives in San Jose and I was like calling all of my cousins. And I was like, when do y'all need to come do me a favor and house it for me? Like, <laughs> and that's what my cousin did. Yeah, my cousin just came over. Um, and as long as she was here, I was like, look, stay here with your boyfriend. I don't care, but I just need you here. But we were able to do that. I was just thinking about all the single moms. Like, you know how scary that is if someone has a key to your apartment and they could just essentially open the door and then, yeah, it was tough. They gave us like those little lock things you can put on your door that didn't do much because most of the doors that we have here are metal. So you can't really, unless you have the tools for it, you can't really even screw in that extra lock, which essentially wouldn't matter. But yes, Brielle, that happened. Theft is a real problem here. Be real honest about it. And that was one of the scariest things I think that we went through so far. Home invasions when you're actually home scares the shit out of me. That would scare me. Rob my house when I'm not here, please. When I'm here. <laughs> the invitation. Please don't rob anybody's no. please don't yeah. rob Gracia's house and especially no, don't do just it. Clip, that. While clip she's it. There. Clip it when she said rob me when I'm not here. Clip it and make that the thing. The invitation. Um hey. my thing isn't specific to being in an off campus apartment. It's just about having roommates. Um and they're not horror stories. They're just really funny things about like, you know, these are the realities of having a roommate that you don't really think about. So like people always say like don't live with your friends because it could ruin friendships and that's something I heard before mm. going to. I was fortunate like me and my friends like we're all like good, we're tight. If I'm someone that like if there's something going on, I bring it up very quickly and people have very different ways of approaching conflict. So, you know, I don't have any advice against or for that. I'm just telling y'all mine works fine, but I have another friend who said like they're they lived with their best friend and they don't talk to each other anymore. Um so when you have a roommate and you're all in school, or if you have a roommate in general, you need to think that, like, you guys all have a different schedule. And in our situation, there are three of us living in one bedroom and we shared one bathroom. So, like, every morning when I woke up, my roommate was already in the bathroom, like, getting ready. And I have to pee every morning I wake up. So I would have to text him literally every morning and say, can I use the bathroom? Um, so that was just, like, a tiny thing. Other things are just, like, you know, are they quiet? Are they loud? stuff like that um 
Sorry, I'm getting like an urgent text. Um, Sharing the bathroom is hard. I live with I live with my yeah. family, but one bathroom, three people, not yeah, the rough. business sometimes. Especially when y'all yeah. gotta do your put business out there, guys, the have it, guys have it easier, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing <laughs> is very funny. So like the three of us were like very different. Uh, we we fell on like an even spectrum about how we approached like a quietness. So like our one was like super quiet when when he he stayed up the latest out of us three, and when we went to sleep, he tiptoed around the apartment. He also memorized every wooden like we had a wooden floor and like he memorized which ones creaked and which didn't and he would avoid them and mapped it out in his head at night with the lights off and knew where to tiptoe i was like okay i'm not gonna like stomp around obviously like i'm gonna roll my feet and be quiet and our other friend was just like ah fuck it like he didn't think about it that much like he didn't realize that he makes like kind of a lot of noise um so we felt like you know on different ends of a spectrum um and the funniest fucking story the one that like he doesn't it's not that he doesn't care. He just doesn't know, right? So, like, there's one night where we're in bed. He's been a, the roommate who's kind of louder. He sleeps on the top bunk, and then the quietest one sleeps on the bottom bunk, and then I sleep in my bed. Um, It's, like, 2 or 3 a.m. I was asleep. My loud roommate was asleep, and our quiet roommate is awake. Like, he just had gone to bed. And I hear a loud-ass slam. And my roommate... I realize it's his phone fell from his bed, but his phone was attached to the battery. So both fell. So it's hella loud because it's from the top bunk and it like hits. They have like the ladder. It like hit the ladder on the way down too. So it like makes extra noise. So obviously it wakes us up because it's hella loud. And instead of just going to grab it, it slams right. And he goes, fucking shit. (laughs) Like hella loud. And like jumps off the ladder hella loud. It's like God, oh my God. <laughs> just like it's the, you know, you figure like if something happens, like you'd be like, oh, like you know, like shit, like I'm working on my roommates, and this dude is fucking shit hella loud. Jumps all oh, that was. It's like one of my fondest memories of him. Um, so just like things like that, or like if you're if you're thinking about. Should I have a should I live in a double or get my own place? You really need to consider how well you work with others being there, how well your mental health is gonna be living with someone else. Um, I know like there was another transfer student who we lived with where like she wouldn't want to go home because she was just so uncomfortable with the roommate. Not like anything like inappropriate, but just was like the roommate was just super inconsiderate and she wouldn't look forward to going home, be like, shit, like I have to go home now. Like that's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your academics. So really think about that as one of the main things when determining your housing along with, of course, like your financial aid and stuff. Especially mm-hmm. now, I think with like COVID, there's people that have moved back on campus because they don't want to be at home. They want to be able to focus on like school. But now essentially you're having those roommate issues or maybe conflict all the time because you're going to be spending so much more time with the people that you are living. So I don't know how long this is going to go on, but definitely think about the fact that things escalate really quickly. And I've been with my man for a very long time, but man, when he was out of work and we were with each other all the time, I was like, Jesus, I need a break. Like I need to like go for a walk or something, cool my head. Cause it can, it, there's conflict that arises when you just like, you know, you're, coexisting with with, yeah you're essentially like quarantined together this long it's hard stuff man 
So as we're sharing our almost horror stories or just like, you know, pros and cons of that things um, with that things, would you do you guys wish you had done something different? Assuming your like situation would allow for it. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think we need to, you know, I feel like with all our horror stories, we might be scaring our listeners off from each single option possible. So, you know, there, there are positives. And so let's also like address that when we talk about whether we'd pick the same option again. I think looking back on my time at Cal or my time in undergrad, I would totally do it again, exactly as I did. I don't think, I, I while two years of an undergraduate experience would have been enjoyable, I think maybe as a transfer student, we all kind of recognize that it's not going to be the same, like on campus, party life, like that a lot of students mm-hmm. go to college for, especially when they enter as a freshman. So even as a transfer student, I didn't really care for any of that. I didn't want any of that. And I didn't get it because I lived at home. And I think that was actually a really good thing because I was able to be in close proximity to my parents. I felt very supported by them. And I was able to go to college without taking out any student loans, which, as I've mentioned, is super, super incredible of my parents have been able to do that. And I don't think that any student loan or any any like financial burden would have been worth a two like two years of a college experience especially when i consider that my time at cal was really cut short by constant power outages near campus fires near campus um covid-19 so even if i had chosen to live on campus and pay for it and all of that i probably wouldn't have gotten the experience that i would have expected or would have wanted had i initially made that decision So ultimately being close to my family and not really having to adjust so much to crisis going on outside of my home was a really big benefit to living at home. And if I were to go back to school or if I were to do it all again, I would totally choose to live at home. And I highly, highly advise it for anyone who's looking to alleviate some of that financial burden and also stay close to their homes. Can I just touch on what you said right now, Brielle? I think a lot of students that I met that are from places that are very far away, if they had a really good relationship with their family, sometimes it would be very hard to be away from your family for such a long time. So especially if you've never lived outside of your like community or outside of your house, it can be very overwhelming to live in a new space. So there's no shame in that. And there's no shame in admitting like, hey, I want to go back and see my parents. Um, because that's a very real thing. I'm a lot older than, than you guys. I'm not going to say my age, but I still want to see my parents. Like I still miss them and I'm an hour away and I will go visit them. So I can only understand even more being a lot younger and not having moved out, how that must feel like emotionally to be so far away from your family. Um, For myself, I'm like, I'm really glad that like I lived with who I lived with and like I met their friends. But as someone that is like really social, I part of me wishes like I maybe spent like my second year living somewhere else, assuming I could have afforded it because I just wanted to meet more people, I think. And like, like I said, like where I lived, there weren't many students there. And so like it kind of limited me there. Also, like COVID happened in my second semester. So like the friends I did make, I couldn't hang out with them anyways. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, part of me was like, what if I lived in like one of the dorms or just like on the south side, like. I could have probably made a lot more friends and done a lot of different things and made different connections. But I would still probably live where I lived with the same people, I think. 
Um, I would definitely do my housing option again. I think the only thing I would do different is I wish I would have known about that parent grant and I would have probably picked a bigger spot for my first option. I was able to get my first option, which I really, I I love living where I live now. Um, And I think I mentioned it earlier. I know we ended off earlier talking about cons, but there's so many pros to living at the University Village that if you've lived on your own, it is cheaper for me now, even if I were to pay. So even if I didn't have any help with rent and I were to pay my rent completely, it is still cheaper for me living here than it would be living off of campus in my own place or where I used to live. Uh, we used to rent in San Jose. So that's definitely something to look at because usually the housing options for family units, at least from what I was looking at, the prices are a lot cheaper than what the actual market price is for apartments. So I would definitely do University Village again. Gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a pattern here. It sounds like every one of us would do it again, most likely, given the chance. That's the case for me too. Um, you know, we we mentioned cons earlier, but there were so many pros as well, especially the convenience thing. Less than five minute walk away from campus. That's amazing. I could literally pop in and out anytime I wanted, even in the morning and late at night. It was not an issue. Um, and yeah, financial helped me in terms of being able to afford that. I also t- had to take out loans, but you know, I was just coming so far from home that I wanted the most convenience, convenient, safe, safest option possible. And yeah, I mean, like Gracia mentioned earlier, like I, I miss my parents a lot. Like, like that sort of being so far away from home was difficult. And also like, you know, where I'm from, there's a lot of Korean food places nearby. And also I just had a lot of Korean food at home, but like the on-campus dorm option where for Berkeley, it was, there weren't that many Korean food places around in, in our dorms. Oh, from our dorms. So, you know, those sort of things that I was also thinking about, but overall picking the same option again, I definitely would. It was convenient. It was pretty safe for the most part. And it also led me to, you know, my finding some like good friends, like not everyone in the community. Again, like we touched earlier, some people you might not get along with or have different lifestyles or approaches to, but there were also some friends that I made good relationships with. So yeah, I would pick the same option again. It's really convenient guys. Like it was, it was, it was a very convenient option. And that just made my transition to Berkeley so far away from home much easier. I was going to ask this question later, but I think it fits in well here. Um, and I realize this question might be limiting for some of us, but what was it like, like moving out? I I can make this broader. Like, what was it like, like being in Berkeley, living in Berkeley, moving out and being away from your family or being away from your family? Like, what was that whole experience? Like, I know like for Chan Young and myself, like it was the first time I had moved out and moved away from my parents. My first time living in a new city. Um, I was already familiar with the Bay. Like I grew up going to the Bay often. So like there wasn't much Bay Area culture shock to me. There was a culture shock of like some fucking stuck up UC students. But like, you know, there wasn't a Bay culture shock to me. But, you know, and then for like Gracia, like what was it like living at the village? How different was Berkeley than San Jose? And then Bria, what was it like, you know, being someone who's like, you know, where you have a lot of friends who are moving out, but you're still a commuter. Like what was dealing with that like? Um, you know, for oh. me, oh, sorry. <laughs> I always wait. And then I feel like when I start talking, either Chan Yang starts talking or Brielle. It just never fails. Go ahead, Brielle. 
Um, I was just going to say that I really appreciate that question because I also had a follow-up question that could go into that. So feel free to answer them both at the same time. I was going to ask um, for anyone who has a particularly salient um, like piece of their identity or a community that they find within their identity, was that hard to find at Berkeley? Because yeah, I know you mentioned, Chen you mentioned Korean food. And I know that being Korean is a big part of your identity and your experience as a student and also as a person overall. So like missing Korean food from home, was that like a big part of your Berkeley experience? And like, how did that impact you? I'm just curious. So if you feel like answering that too in your response to this question about the adjustment to Berkeley life um, from your home life, feel free to answer that too. Anyone who that might apply to. Um, but for me in particular, I'm... Bay Area born and raised, so Berkeley was not a shock at all. It was very familiar. I'd been going my whole life. Um, so in that sense, not so much. Uh, definitely speaking to Max's point about my friends all moving out and doing their own lives and doing their old thing, um, that felt different. I knew so many people who went away to college right from high school and were doing all these big things, and they've been doing it for a long time, where I was still at home and I still kind of felt like a kid in my parents' home sometimes. So that was particularly difficult. But when it came to my actual life outside of my parents' home, like the life that I lived in Berkeley, the friendships that I formed in Berkeley, the experiences that I had outside of my home, I think were just about the same as anybody else's, whether I lived home or not. Um, It was just that I have to go home at the end of the night. That was the only like real noticeable difference to how other people lived. Um, For me, it was hard too. I mean, I know the Bay Area a lot, but San Jose is huge population, huge Latinx population, especially where I live. I grew up around Mexican food all the time. I grew up being able to go to the grocery store and I cook Mexican food. So I could go to the grocery store and like get the things that I needed to get. So for me, moving to Berkeley, as I mentioned earlier, was a culture shock in that <clears throat> I'm very, I look me and my partner look very different than maybe what you would usually see, especially over here at University Village. Um, and the food was a big part because food is a big part of just like our culture and who we are. So having to go to Sprouts and they have like this little section of the things that I need, um, learning where the Mexican stores are here, I think was hard for me. And also San Jose is laid out almost the way like LA is laid out. It's flat. And it, it actually makes it a lot easier to move around. I think it's one of the only cities in the Bay Area that's spread out really well. And so it was very difficult for me to think about. I remember looking up how far the school was in miles. And I'm like, oh, it shouldn't take me, you know, it should probably take me like 10 minutes. And it'd be like 15, 20 minutes because of bikers in the way or, you know, pedestrians crossing where they should not be crossing. And so, so I think for me, culturally, was very different adjusting to Berkeley. And I still haven't. There's still times I my family comes over and I'm like, dude, bring some pan dulce, please. Because the pan dulce over here is not like it is in San Jose. Um, and I also grew up with a lot of Vietnamese food. I didn't know this, but San Jose has the second largest Vietnamese population outside of Vietnam. And so I never, like growing up, I just grew up around pho. I grew up around Vietnamese food because I'm from San Jose. And so coming here, I was like, ooh, pho. And then I go and I'm like, Ooh, I miss good. San Jose. <laughs> so um, definitely culturally food for me is super important. And that's what was hard for me to adjust to. But thankfully, I can cook my Mexican food. I, I can't cook pho, though. <laughs> yeah, I could go next. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I think we're touching on, you know, not just the housing itself, but the location of the housing, what that might look like for our listeners, you know, certain things to keep in mind, you know, even for me, too. 
I didn't realize I depend on Korean food that much until I came here, or until I came to Berkeley. Like I thought I'd be fine. I was like, oh, like I can handle it. It's, it's not a big issue. It's just food. Like, why would that be an issue? But then I came to Berkeley. I was like, I started missing it a lot, especially in like stressful days. If I scored badly on a test, I would go to a Korean food restaurant, and it's just it was like comfort food. Yeah. I didn't realize how much that would make an impact on my Berkeley experience. So you know, even in locations of are there you know communities slash restaurants, food, just whatever in general, pho too. Yeah, like I rainy days, I love getting pho. That was my thing back here in home city. But yeah, there weren't that many pho places nearby that we could just walk to, at least from where our dorm was. And even markets like Korean food markets, snacks, I would go to Oakland when I could with people who, who could drive, and that's when I'd stack up and stock up and stock up on Korean snacks. But like, couldn't do that by myself because it's a little bit too far. Um, yeah. So location adjusting to Berkeley itself, that was not easy. <laughs> yeah, I, that was not easy. I was fortunate enough for um, like my situation where my family was only like an hour away. And, you know, I, I hear from a lot of transfer students, like something they struggle with is um, like being away from family. Um, like in Chen Young's case, like his family couldn't easily come up and see him whenever they wanted. But my parents and were in a fortunate situation where they come and saw me like at least once every two or three weeks and we would go get breakfast somewhere. So I think that helped with like my mental health a lot. Um, I remember one of our old coworkers, a friend. Um, and I think we mentioned in the last episode too, something she wasn't prepared for was the change in weather from SoCal to like Bay Area weather and that impact on your mental health and just being like, what what, what did um, Chen Yang and Brielle, what's it called again? Sad. Sad. Seasonal yeah, being sad. Effective. No, wait. <laughs> Not just being no. sad, it's seasonal. Um... <laughs> affective disorder. Seasonal affective yeah. disorder, yeah. And, you know, these these kind of just go into like, you know, how prepared are you to like be away from family be in a completely new city and you know part of me wants to say like you should take that jump but also be aware and try to have something set up to have some kind of support system for that jump for sure yeah and i want to add one more comment to that i know we talked about food which i did not think that we would end up talking about in this housing and financial aid conversation but (laughs) this is something that when i decide to move out one day because i'm still living at home right now while working remotely for another institution it just makes sense but When I do decide to move out, and I think this is advice that I would give to anyone moving out, either for a job or for school, take pieces of home with you. If it's your favorite snacks, like if it's your favorite Korean snacks, take it with you. If it's your favorite cookies, if it's your teddy bear from childhood, take that shit with you because those are the things that you really don't realize are so key to supporting your mental health and making you feel at home and feel comfortable in your own space. So if I were to move out right now and I didn't bring a single thing with me from my current space and it just like felt sterile and cold, I don't think I'd feel very warm and fuzzy there. But if I were to bring my favorite snacks or if I were to bring a blanket that I've had since I was a kid or a picture of my mom or a picture of my family, those types of things I think are great reminders of why you're doing this, what you're working towards and how this environment is to serve your ultimate goal of, in this case, getting your your degree. So that whole conversation kind of brought that up for me. It's not something that I've experienced yet, but I would imagine that would be extremely helpful. Um, that just taking those snacks, taking those recipes with you, if it's something you can cook in your dorm or cook in your apartment or whatever, do it. Um, call home as much as you want or as much as you can. That's always really helpful for a lot of the people that I've spoken with and just really trying to make 
your new housing situation feel like home wherever you go this is a lot of what we spoke to was berkeley specific but i think this is universally applicable advice yeah yeah i think our episode will touch on a lot of universal themes for housing and also like i love how how braille mentioned bringing pieces of home to where you live uh near university max knows i think he's been to where i was storming at i used to have this like transformer figure on my desk since i was a kid (laughs) i was a really big transformers fan so i just had that I brought that to Berkeley. Max saw it. <laughs> so a little bit that's embarrassing, awesome. but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, dipping away from food, does anybody else have one last piece of advice for our listeners in choosing their housing situation or navigating um, anything that comes with your new housing situation? Mine would be to look at all the options. I pretty early on in my choosing housing thing was like, I'm going to live in an off-campus apartment. And we had met some students who they lived in like a single and they were paying like $600 for it in the Bay. And I was so confused. I didn't know that existed. And they told me like, yeah, nobody knows it exists. It was also like right next to campus. Like it was right next to the dorms. Um, They were just like, we heard of this through one of our coworkers who also worked at the transfer center. And I heard of it through that and I was like, holy shit. The only thing was like they didn't have a kitchen, which high key is like a problem for me. But just like same with like I didn't know about transfer housing. I didn't know that was a thing at Berkeley, like a transfer only floor or just like, you know, I I very early on was like, I'm going to do this. And I didn't look at anything else. And part of me wishes I checked out all the options. Oh, we didn't talk at all about the co-ops. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I can just the listeners yeah. what, what co-ops is. Yeah, go ahead, Brielle. I think you know more about it than I do. Or if Gracia too, if you know more, please. Yeah. We should I'll definitely just, touch on that. I'll just give a brief overview. Um basically a co-op housing experience uh involves a little bit of work on the student's end. Um for a more affordable price, a student is able to live in a community housing space or a cooperative housing space in exchange for doing some chores. Maybe you cook dinner three times a week or maybe you mop the floors every other night or something like that. So students are able to afford cheaper housing and also it's typically prioritized towards students who need cheaper housing or more affordable housing. So low-income students, um, sometimes even international students at Berkeley, sometimes uh, transfer students got priority. So looking at all of your unique circumstances at wherever you end up attending or whatever institution you move into, also look at the co-op experience because you can get cheaper rent in exchange for just doing a little bit more chores. You already have to do these chores living on your own in the first place. It says now you're doing it for a community space and others pick up on other chores as well. So Everyone has a role. Everyone contributes to a community within the house. And then sometimes they're themed. Sometimes you all have dinner together every night or you throw parties together or you celebrate the holidays. So it's a really great experience for a lot of students. And from those I've spoken to, the co-op has really served to alleviate some of the expenses related to housing while still having a very communal and cooperative housing experience. So if you're interested in that, the co-op is a great option. Check if your university has one. On the other note, I've also heard horror stories about the co-ops. So, you know, just be aware. Try to try to do some investigating of like, you know, is this specific one actually good? Do people enjoy it? But yeah, I've also talked to many transfer students who said like, no, like the co-ops are their community. Like those are their friends and like that's who they spend all their time with. So definitely check it out. And just falling under the whole thing of like, you know, that's why I wish I had done more 
looking around into other kinds of housing. Greek life is also an option for others looking for different housing experiences. None of us were involved with that, so none of us can really speak to the sorority fraternity experience, but that is a housing option for some students involved in those communities. Not us, though. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, for me, I think, you know, I, I mentioned this already, but something to consider when you're choosing housing is like the location, the new place that you'll have to settle yourself in. Like that sort of thing. So, so this goes outside of off-campus, on-campus, dorm, university, village, commuting. But you know, if you're in the position where you are indeed moving to a new city, you're not used to the city where the school is, I think one thing you should think about is, okay, how can I best adjust myself? You know, what's the most suitable location for me in terms of not only convenience and safety, but also maybe like the cultural thing we talked about, something you're used to. So yeah, I would say think about the location. Advice I would give is uh, to anybody moving out is just think about all the aspects of your life that you probably didn't think about before. So I really like that we spend some time talking about like food, for instance, because you don't know how something like that might impact your mood um, and your just your well-being. Uh, for me, it was also I know how to cook. So maybe get those recipes from your parents. Uh, FaceTime them. For me, it's also learning how to take care of plants. I FaceTime my mom still and I'll be like, she's dying on me. Like, the, you know, FaceTime her, showing her a plant. Like, what do I do? So I think just think about every aspect of your life and how it's going to impact you. Reach out to the resources that you have to learn more about them. And your experience is going to be very different than everybody else's. When I moved, um, I had to think about not just what how it was going to impact me, but how is this going to impact my son? And being that I'm a spring admin, I was getting offered housing at a very weird time in his schooling. And I didn't want to... I wanted not to disrupt his schooling. He's he's in middle school now um, as much as possible because just emotionally and mentally what that meant for him. Again, I was in a position where I was privileged enough to do so, but I actually made the decision to have him stay at my parents' house for the last, what would be the last, like uh, the spring semester for us, which is like January until June. But for him was like the last part of his ending his school year. I didn't want to pull him out halfway. I was like, what is that going to do to him academically? What is that going to do to him emotionally? Again, I had that option. Um, I visited him every weekend all the time. It was not easy, but it was a sacrifice that I made as a parent because I didn't want to disrupt his education and his, you know, his, so his friends. But for everybody, it's different. I know for single parents, um, if you don't have support at home, that might look different for you, but just know that there's different options to get to the same way and yours might just be very, very different than maybe anything that any of us have explained. So just reach out to people. You've already gone, right, Max? Yeah, I have. I have. Gotcha. Yeah. So do you want to do the second question or I I had something else, which was basically saying like a quick summary and of, you know, Brielle, you did the commuting option. So for our listeners who are contemplating which decision to choose in terms of what housing options, you know, Brielle, who do you think your option makes the most sense to, Max? Who do you think your option makes the most sense to? You know, for me, on-campus dorm, I think that makes most sense to listeners who, you know, when they transfer, will be going to a completely new location that's very, very far from where they originally are. I think it, my option, the on-campus dorm, it makes the most sense to you guys who, who have to face that situation where you want convenience and safety and ease of access and just the easy way to get acclimated to the new school and the city that you'll be moving to that's presumably far from home. 
So yeah, I think that's who my option makes most sense to, but I wanted to get a quick summary slash, you know, option of what, what makes most sense to whom. I like that. That's that's a good question. I think how I, what I did, it makes most sense for someone that is their primary concern. Their primary concern is like financial um, and like they were able to get enough financial aid where like they could live um, like in, in the town they want to go to, but also like they can't afford like the nicest stuff. So like I just found like off campus apartment, which was like the most affordable, but also like I was in a situation and I was fortunate enough where I had friends that were already living there and were willing to find a place for me. So, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, that might work best for you. Um, I wasn't too concerned about the social aspect, which in hindsight, I think I should have been more concerned about, but yeah. So if you're in the financial situation where you're getting enough financial aid to, you know, cover it, but not enough where it's like, oh man, I'm gonna live at the top building at the nicest place. Like my options might work best for you. Um, I would also add just a quick thing to Max's before I go into my piece, but living in an off-campus apartment, even if you live like 10 minutes away from the school with your family, could still be a good option for you if you want that experience of moving out. So don't let me say, if you live close, just live with your parents. If you want to move out and you want that experience, it's also a really good option, um, whether you choose to dorm or whether you choose to live in an off-campus apartment. Commuting is not the only option for people who live close to a campus. So for my particular case, I would just say that that is most applicable to someone who is attending a college or a university not so far from their hometown or from their parents and someone who is willing to continue that relationship with their parents um, inside their home. If you, for whatever reason, want to leave home, it's probably not the best idea to commute for the next two, three, four years. Um, But just for anyone who does have a close relationship with their parents and are able to work out that those finances with them, that's a really good option. Yeah. Shout out to people who are commuting from LA to Berkeley. Why? <laughs> LA would never. <laughs> Why? I don't even know where he lived that's during commitment. those few days. Like, right? Like he said he lived in, I don't remember what he said, but it's like, you don't have an apartment because you're not living there full time. He's all sneaking into his friend's place. Probably. You know, they usually have like a rule of like, you can't let someone spend the night more than like two days or something. That or like an Airbnb, maybe a hotel. Like, imagine how much coordination goes into that. Damn. That sounds expensive. Mm-hmm. I think my option makes the most sense to just about any parent because how I mentioned earlier, the competitive, it's really competitive pricing. Like I've never seen apartments for as low as they give them here. However, I would say that there's a lot more resources here for school-aged kids. If you have a different living situation and you're nearby and you have a childcare setup, a very affordable childcare, that might be a better option for you than moving away from from that. And I know childcare for that, a lot of people use family members um, and so move so putting that taking that into account because Childcare can easily be as much or more than what you pay in rent. That's the reality. So definitely taking that into account. What options do you have here um, that you might have more support if you live with your family? If you're in a place where you can commute, then that might be a better option for you. You just look at the pros and cons, what you're going to miss out on versus what would be most beneficial for your family. Yeah. And, you know, to... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to add real quick. Not just for families though, but for for partners. I always fail to mention that because University Village 
is also for those who are in uh, partnerships. Domestic partnerships, you don't have to be married. Domestic partnership certificate super easy to get, but you don't even need that in order to qualify for family housing. You don't need a domestic partnership paper. You just have to prove that maybe y'all pay some bills together or something like that. So that's also a really good option for people who are living together and want to find a cheaper place. Definitely look at University Village. You're not going to be highest on the priority list, but it's definitely something that you should keep in mind because it's a lot cheaper. Um, and keeping also in mind, sorry, that that the specific qualifications that uh, can get you into university housing, um, university village housing is specific to Berkeley, the ones that Gracia is speaking to. So it might be different. You might not be allowed to yeah. live with your domestic partner at another university or you might not have the option of staying in a family style housing at other schools that maybe don't provide it. So keep that in mind wherever you attend. Um, some sure. mil- will, some might not have. Um, specific requirements for family or um, partnership housing, if they even have it. Yeah, but hopefully our summaries and slash profiles are general enough to help you sort of give you a guiding post, I guess, for deciding where you should commit to in terms of housing. Um, And also, also like, you know, if any one of you have any questions about this in particular, feel free to reach out to us about the option that you're thinking about or, you know, if you want to hear more about that. That just about (laughs) all right. (laughs) That (laughs) sounded very country. (laughs) So that just about wraps up this episode of the Transfer Experience Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we all hope that you were able to get a sense of our unique housing experiences and how financial aid played a role in what we decided to do when we attended our university. Uh, With all that being said, we just want to remind you before we go that we are doing the, we are shooting for 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you are feeling so inclined, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, please send us, if you listen to our podcast, please send us a screenshot or tag us in your story on Instagram and we will give you a shout out in our following podcasts. So you can send that to us at the transfer experience on Instagram or the transfer experience at gmail.com with any questions that you may have for us or any screenshots or even if your pets listen to the podcast, show us that your cat is listening to the podcast with us. I would like to see it. So (laughs) with all that being said, thank you so much, Grecia, for joining us on this episode of the transfer experience. We hope that you had a good time hanging out with us. We miss you. We love you. Thank you so much for being here. And I think that's about it for today. Thank y'all so much. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Gracia. Of course. Thank you for having me. Bye, y'all.